0: Men, we'll be there. <laughs> awesome, well, uh, start thinking about who you will bring. Uh, To Easter, we've already been praying, prayed in pre-service prayer this morning that God would just begin to drop on your heart. uh, The people that he wants you to bring and to invite. And uh, I've already uh, done that with one person, you know, just kind of put it out there uh, so that I can follow up later. So be praying uh, because you might just change the whole trajectory of a whole family and generations to come by stepping out in faith. So Easter uh, is just weeks away. Well, if you're just uh, joining us, we're in a series um, entitled Conflict, Kingship, and Covenant out of, the, out of a book in the Bible called 1 Samuel, and uh, it's really amazing all that we've covered in just these first three chapters of First Samuel. Uh, the Bible just never ceases to amaze me in its breadth and scope and how it speaks to uh, the human condition and all the parts of our lives. I mean, how this, this book and this story that is 3,000 years old can still hold such relevance and, and speak so powerfully to our experiences. And in just the first three chapters, we've covered an overview of of the history of Israel, uh, the importance of the theme of covenant, uh, the social topics of infertility and childbirth, and even briefly touched upon a a Christian response to delicate topics such as surrogacy, and we've discussed the important biblical doctrines of the priesthood and prophethood of all believers. We've looked at New Testament parallels to events in 1 Samuel in the stories of Mary And, of course, Jesus as the fulfillment of Israel's desire for and failure as judges, kings, prophets, and priests. And we've touched on devotional topics such as prayer and joy and praise and how to bring our pain and unanswered prayer before God. I mean, the Bible really is awesome, right, and it really is God's chosen words to us and for us there's just no other book like it and being in a series like this reminds us of that and because these first three chapters have uh, touched upon so many important topics and subjects close to our hearts and lives i'm going to pause this week and just go a little deeper Uh, into a couple of themes that have emerged, particularly with regard to women and children in the book of 1 Samuel. So I've called this message uh, an excursus, and uh, in in excursus if you're unfamiliar with the term is sort of when you you pause the main subject that you're talking about uh, or writing about in order to go into a more detailed explanation and treatment of of a related but separate topic and then before you come back and kind of go back to what you're talking about. And so, we're going to kind of press pause before we enter into the rest of the book of 1 Samuel, and we're going to go a little deeper on teaching about women and children in 1 Samuel because I think it's really important and something that we can take away from these first three chapters. So let's start with women in the Bible and talking about 1 Samuel as a turning point here in the biblical story. So we talked about how... Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel, of course, should remind us of another woman, Mary, who is the central person at the beginning of another account of a king, right, the King Jesus. And both kingship stories begin with these faithful and previously barren women who are divinely granted a child. And as we said, both of them, through their songs, uh, provide the main theological introduction to what's about to happen in the rest of the books. And so, a woman plays the feature and, and pivotal role here at the beginning of 1 Samuel. But unfortunately, uh, the rest of the book of Samuel Kings will show a world moving really in the opposite direction of what God desires as far as the co-equal leadership and, and egalitarian role of women and men. The Bible, of course, starts with the story of creation in Genesis one and two, and and man and woman in God's image and their co-equal rulership of the earth through equal partnership of the sexes. That's God's intended desire, but that equality is then tainted uh, by the fall in Genesis three, and so only after sin enters the world does male hierarchy and the desire for power and control, which we'll see a lot of in First Samuel through the rest of the book, but women still play a key role early on in Israel's story uh, in the Exodus uh, as the nation of Israel then is initially established. They operate really first under what is kind of a decentralized uh, charismatic leadership through judges. And those judges include uh, women judges such as Deborah, who kind of holds this top spiritual position, if you will, over the nation of Israel. But here in Samuel Kings, what's going to happen is power is going to become more and more centralized and move to a more inherited model, model, kind of by males, uh, father to son, which doesn't always work out very well, as we'll see in the rest of the story. And a hierarchical model begins to emerge. It's a, a society where men can now dominate positions of power But it's pretty clear that this is not God's intended desire, and only a concession on his part due to the sinfulness and hardness of people's hearts. And as we transition into a monarchy, um, we find that there is no Deborah or Ja'al or Miriam type of figure in the Israelite kingship, and let's face it, uh, the, the male monarchy doesn't go so well for Israel. And I think partly it's for that reason, that it's not how God intended it to be. And with the exception of Esther, we really have very few women figures for the rest of the Old Testament as Israel kind of wanders away from God's intent. But the story and the prophetic song of Mary in Luke 1, which echoes back to Hannah in 1 Samuel, it hints that things are about to change. I think that's part of why it echoes Hannah. That through the Davidic line comes a king, Jesus, who will usher in a new age of equality and who will begin to dismantle hierarchical and patriarchal systems that favor the rich over the poor, the haves over the have-nots, men over women, and so on. So much so that we can say, like Paul in Galatians 3.28, that in Christ there is no longer distinction between slave or free. Jew or Greek, nor in roles between male and female, just as it's prophesied in Joel chapter 2 and fulfilled in Acts 2, as we mentioned last week, that in these last days, God will pour out His Spirit on both men and women, and both will once again prophesy. Amen. Amen. So we get asked this question uh, a lot uh, at Oceanside about women in leadership, and we're very clear in our position that there is no leadership role a woman cannot occupy in the church. But I know people have questions. uh, Some grew, grew up in or come or that wasn't the case. And so uh, we've compiled a, a list of teachings and documents that we've done over the years and resources uh, on our website. It's on the New Here tab, the Frequently Asked Questions tab. And so you can go back and, and read some documents uh, by our fellowship as well as messages that have touched on this topic. But we believe it's, it's important in the way you think about God and what God's doing in the world and how He operates and we've also added a, a link to that page on our current uh, First Samuel Resources page, which is on our, our news blog on the website. So if you just click news, uh, you can find some different things. But there's a First Samuel Resources where we're just kind of listing some of the things that we've gone through and slides and handouts and supplemental materials from this series. Uh, including resources for families to, to teach uh, within the home on 1 Samuel as well. And one of the slides you can find there is tips on how to pray for our children out of 1 Samuel. And so my, my second little excursus here is praying for children out of 1 Samuel 2 and 3. So I want to add on to uh, what Hannah so beautifully taught us, uh, not the Hannah from the Bible, but our pastor Hannah, uh, so beautifully taught us a few weeks ago from the story of Hannah about praying for our children. Because uh, honestly, if that's one of the few takeaways from these first few chapters of Samuel is we learn to pray for children, that would be a huge uh, win. That's awesome. I would love that. So in our text from last week in chapter 3, it's it's important to note uh, we didn't touch on it too much, but that we're talking about uh, the boy Samuel, right, verse 1 of chapter 3. And according to the Jewish historian Josephus, Samuel's about 12 years old during the time of this story. So, an important takeaway is that God speaks to kids. And more importantly, or put more strongly, God wants to speak to kids. And here at Oceanside, we want to make space to hear from kids to learn from kids and to pray that god would speak to our children and and we're seeing that happen uh you know last week uh, davian nine years old boldly testified to his faith in jesus in getting baptized last week and it was an awesome moment we've had several examples of kids uh, just unprovoked filling out these praise report cards that we've been reading Uh, here. And here's one that just came in two weeks ago from another nine-year-old written in in kids' handwriting. And the kid says, Dear Jesus Christ, I thank you for the church because I feel that church brings us together and it makes peace. Dear Jesus, I also ask that I can connect to you and I very much hope that I can get some mental healing, please. Wow. What spiritual depth from the heart of a nine-year-old. One parent was filling out a praise report uh, for themselves, but their four-year-old also wanted to make it known that they were, quote, thankful for the band and singing. I am too, didn't they? They sound so great this morning. So we need to pray into this and for the hearts of children, as well as our own hearts, uh, to be humbled, realizing that God uses the weak and the overlooked to speak to and humble the strong and prominent. You can't read the Bible and not get away from that theme. But we need to believe in and pray for our children. We learn in chapter 3 verse 7 that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. It says the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. This doesn't mean Samuel didn't know anything of God or know about God, right? After all, he's ministering before the Lord as a priest Already, in fact, he's sleeping in the tabernacle, right? He's around, He's surrounded by reminders of God and who God is. But the Bible says he didn't know the Lord, meaning he hadn't yet had a direct encounter experience with God the way he does in this chapter, when God speaks to him. And it reminds us how important it is that at a young age, Kids have encounter and experience with God. And it's why we're putting so much effort into taking as many kids as possible to camp this summer. And why we're doing uh, this fundraiser today. uh, Because we need to support kids being in a space where they can encounter God. There's going to be a lot of spiritual teaching at this camp. So get your kids there. Donate to the fundraiser, which will help get kids there. Just... Set the tone just to challenge you a little bit. I got two $100 bills that we're donating to the pancake breakfast. So, you might want to break out those big bills because we believe in it, because I believe that that's a great thing to invest in. So, before we move on from, you know, chapters one through three and these kind of very positive examples of of Hannah and Samuel into the chapters that are really more about conflict and war and kingship, there's kind of a division that takes place here, right? Where, and I think it's uh, quite telling that there's quite a few positive examples in these first three chapters and they, mo- and they feature women and children mostly. And then it gets, <laughs> the book gets a little darker as we go on. But let's make sure we lean into this idea of praying for children. And so building off of some things Hannah told us a few weeks ago, um, Here's five prayers for children from 1 Samuel 2 and 3. And so, um, just to help you out, we've actually created cards uh, for you. And so, there's some up here, and then they're on the, we have a prayer resources table in the lobby that's always there that has a bunch of resources on how to pray. And so, this is just a great thing to take with you, to put in your Bible, to pray for uh, your children, somebody else's children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, whoever it might be. But these are just directly from Scripture, and it's great to just pray Scripture so we can pray that kids would grow up in the presence of God, as Samuel did, and know the Lord, as Samuel did in verse 7 of chapter 3, that they would grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with the Lord and people. This is said both about Samuel, and then it's repeated about Jesus in the book of Luke, that they would be faithful to God. And do according to what is in God's hearts and minds." That's a beautiful prayer to pray, that they would have a listening heart, that they would sense the Lord with them as they grow up, and they would speak His words. Of course, the truth is we should all pray this for ourselves too, right? Um, And each other as well. But these prayers are specifically about children in the Bible but we're all called to these things. So the band's uh, going to come up, and we're going to close by praying this for our children and ourselves. And uh, we are uh, I knew we had a big day in front of us. I had to save my voice So uh, with the AGM and different things. Uh, so we didn't go super long this morning and want to leave time for you to come. Uh, you know, come back for the fundraiser or the AGM or the care home service and, and lots of different ministry happening today. But let's close by praying this for our children and for ourselves and pray for camp. because We believe that this can be a transforming time in kids' lives. You might just want to pick a kid right now that's on your heart, maybe one of the ones you saw up here earlier. The kids prayed for us earlier, extended our hands toward them, but let's return the favor. Let's begin to pray for our kids, even call them out by name, and maybe they're in another province, and so they can't, you know, you can't invite them to this camp, but you can pray all of these things for them. And even if they're, maybe you have adult kids on your heart because they're still your children in your eyes, you can just begin to pray these things for them too. But just know that each and every name is precious before the Lord. That as you whisper their name before the Lord, it gets his attention. Because he loves to bless children. He wants them to know him. And I just love that we serve a God who values the voices of kids. This was so different about first century Christianity, all the other religions in the first century that surrounded it. They had a very low view of children. Children were not allowed to speak or to give advice or to do things is why Jesus was scolded when the children came to him initially because the view of the culture was that children aren't important. But what does Jesus do? He radically changes the view of the day. He says, let the children come to me. He says, the kingdom of God is for those like these. It's the same thing with women, all the other religions. They didn't give a place for the voice of women, but Jesus changes that. The way he dialogues with women in the Gospels, it was scandalous. The way he gave them a voice, the way he entertained their questions, he just didn't do that. And so he pushes the envelope further. He says, we're gonna start to value those that the culture doesn't value. And I just love Jesus for this. I love our God. I love how he operates. I love how he moves uses the weak to shame the strong so we say come Holy Spirit bring this expression of your kingdom among us we're open to it so as a sign of that we're gonna have a kid pray for these camps here because the prayers of kids are powerful so Israel come on up here and let's join him in prayer and Israel's going to also pray specifically for camp, because we have our pancake fundraiser today. So Israel's going to be praying for that as well. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that that we get to go to camp. Thank you for all the kids at Oceanside. Thank you that we get to go to camp. Please help camp to be good. Please help us to have a fun time at camp. Thank you for the kids. Thank you that you love to speak to kids. Amen. 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 Thank you, Israel. Appreciate that we join you. In those prayers, would you stand with me and we bless you with a benediction? A uh, little special gift for the 9 a.m., by the way, there's uh, just the generosity of God's people. Uh, there's free, a free dozen eggs for everybody in the 9 a.m. service uh, there out by the coffee. So somebody just felt like the Lord wanted them to do that this morning. Um, so go ahead, take advantage uh, of that and leave with some eggs this morning. But let me just uh, bless you, be praying for all of these things that are happening for Easter, for kids, for uh, all that's happening today. But as you go, I just pray that you would be faithful to God and do what is, do according to what is in God's heart and mind by the power of His spirits. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's